0: Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. And we're so glad you joined in to listen today. Did that sound better? So much better. We've done this intro like six times. Okay? So much and better. And apparently I can't say allergic today, but whatever. <laughs> so be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. We release new episodes every Monday and we'd like to have you listen into future episodes. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapters one through three. But before we jump in, one through two, one through two, that is right. The last time we recorded, we said we were going to do one through three. I didn't update my notes. And then (laughs) this morning, (laughs) this morning we decided, nope, we're going to do one and two because there's so much to unpack with burnt offerings in general. And then I feel like we're not going to have that much time to talk about the rest of the yeah, So we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapters 1 and 2, but before we jump in, let's give a quick reminder of what we talked about in the last episode with the overall problem of Leviticus, why Leviticus, the book, exists. And that is because the fundamental problem is how can Israel in their sin and selfishness be reconciled to our holy God? Basically, all of our sin is detrimental to the area around God, around the tabernacle where he dwells, and we cannot in sin be in the presence of God because it's dangerous. Yeah. So Leviticus exists to lay out those foundational ground rules and say, hey, here's what you got to do in order to reconcile yourself with God. Um, The theme overall for Leviticus, I like this. I found this somewhere in my reading for this episode. It says, be holy for I am holy where i read that i saw that somewhere also so good. i really liked it i want to repeat it be holy for i am holy like a pun remember
1: it's a pun no do you remember i am i am who i am yeah so i'm saying it's a pun be holy because i am holy but also i am holy yeah not i am as in you are i am but god
0: but god isn't so speaking of holy yes did you know of it the word holy is repeated 80 times in this book i did not know that i found that somewhere and i don't remember where but Ooh. it's a reference i referencing because sh- it's not from me yes <laughs> good i didn't sit here and read through this book and count how many times they said holy you could probably just pick one of the many sources we use right <laughs> just say it's a source. lot of things okay. okay. anyway so jumping into this episode today are you okay just got a lot I going was on just scooting
1: the table back a little. Okay, <laughs> you know how I like to be comfortable. Yes, laying on the table, basically. Seriously.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to be starting. Where's our hard. We're going to talk about two different types of offerings: mm-hmm. the burnt offering and the grain offering. Yes. Today, we are. So before we get that. into it. Mm-hmm. Are we going to, let's read the first verse of chapter one. It says, the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, blah, 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 blah. We're going to get into that in a minute when we talk about this, but it's imperative to remember that nobody could enter the tabernacle because God now dwelled in the tabernacle and nobody was clean enough or atoned enough to Come into the presence of God, which is hence the book of Leviticus, like we said in the beginning. Yes. So God is speaking to Moses because even Moses couldn't approach the tent of meeting um, from the tent of meeting, not within it. Yes. Cool. Okay. Before we jump into this specifics of burnt offering and grain offering and like all the ritual sacrifices that we're going to talk about in chapters one through seven. I just want to be take a moment to be super vulnerable with you, with all the other people that are listening right now, all five of you. Um I'm scared. <laughs> and say, I feel super unqualified to talk about this. stuff. Oh my goodness. You and me both. Like this is very detailed, very specific, very important things that the Israelites had to do. And I'm sure there's so much meaning and so many different things that go into each one of these specific rituals specific sacrifices that we are not even skimping the surface on but like i just want to take a minute to remind you the purpose of this podcast is not to teach correct we are walking through the bible in an open honest unedited conversation so that we can feel more comfortable talking about it to other people yeah talking about it amongst ourselves so just want to take a minute feel super unqualified without a doubt without (laughs) a doubt super unqualified to talk about this but we're gonna do it anyway and if we mess up we mess up it's fine (laughs) race don't judge us
1: (laughs) (laughs) please don't i just feel like and there's so much which is kind of why we had to split the original episode what we were planning on doing into what we are actually doing because there is so much to unpack yes and it's not i mean you could do an entire series on atonement yeah burnt offerings alone so yes
0: Yes. anyway anyway
1: far from qualified professional learned doctors no
0: no (laughs) like i was just reading some of the resources that are available to us and and unpacking the entire book of leviticus and i was like i have no idea what i'm doing like i i don't understand what does this word mean like
1: (laughs) there was so much like when i tell you the the first like after i got through the first two chapters i felt like my brain was fried yeah from the amount of like research that i had to do to try to understand what it was saying but hopefully if you're listening hopefully our conversation will help you so that you don't feel like your brain is melted.
0: <laughs> and allow us to do the brain melting for you.
1: <laughs> it's uh, funny you say
0: that since we're talking about burnt offerings.
1: <laughs> Literally, you could see the smoke coming off the top of my head. <laughs> what's, that, what's that smell?
0: Hopefully is, it's, is a, that it's something? A, a sweet aroma to the Lord. <laughs> I
1: don't know. What does burnt hair smell like to him? <laughs> okay, we're getting into All this. right.
0: Leviticus. Leviticus <laughs> chapter one. We have fun here. Do. Um, it says when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Then he shall kill the bull before the Lord and Aaron's sons, the priest shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is is at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces and the sons of Aaron, the priests shall put fire on the altar and arrange the wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons, the priest shall arrange the pieces, the head the, and the fat on the wood that is on the fire on the altar, but its entrails and legs, he shall wash with water and the priest shall burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. I'm going to stop there. That was a lot it was a lot but the the next couple of paragraphs in chapter one are just other renditions of this because we go through three different types of sacrificial animals you could yeah. bring as a burnt offering with
1: their instructions with the instructions on how to or how they're supposed to be yes well was it the first few verses it says burnt offering from the herd or the flock the so herd it basically the flock. tells you how different it, it tells you tells the reader, tells the Israel, well, God is telling Moses what is supposed to be done with those animals, yes. with the different animals, because yes. it's not the same.
0: These are the instructions like for the step-by-step on how to make yes. a burnt offering. Exactly. Um. So the burnt offerings in general, when we look at these ritual sacrifices, I feel like we should approach it and kind of have two different perspectives when trying to dissect what they mean. So obviously we have our perspective on this side of the cross post Jesus. Mm -hmm. We can see Jesus's sacrifice for us on the cross in every single one of these sacrifices that we talk about. You know, that's not surprising to me at all given that he's been the plan from the beginning. exactly. Um, But then, too, we also have to look at it from the ancient Israelites perspective. The people who don't yet have these instructions from Moses, because God is talking to Moses, Moses is talking to the people, they have to write down all these laws. And then basically they it, they put it into practice prior to when this book was written. Yes. So we have to look at it from their perspective. This guy who is the leader of their people is coming to them and saying, OK, here's what we got to do. This is what God told me to do. We're going to make burnt sacrifices. We're going to mm-hmm. make burnt offerings. Yeah. So in their minds, the only thing that they really know about burnt offerings, I mean, it's not a new concept. It's something that they've done in the past. It's something that they should be well aware of. Correct. Um, and they should already know what it is and what it means. Yeah.
1: Like the basic idea behind it.
0: Behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So sacrifices was not something that was new to the Israelite people at all. Like they lived in a pagan society. Pagan sacrifices were something that was done. Mm -hmm. Then themselves in worshiping their own God, the one true God, also made sacrifices. Yes. So looking at it from the ancient Israelites perspective, we have examples from the past in Genesis. Yeah. Where burnt sacrifices were made burnt offerings were made to the lord and something happened for example when noah offered a burnt sacrifice after the flood Mm -hmm. god promised never to destroy the the earth again with the flood yeah he took one which i went back and read this verse in preparation for this podcast episode and um he went back and took one animal of every clean animal yeah how did he do that when he only had two Mm -hmm. of each well, I think about they were, all, how long were they on I'm the ark? Sure they probably have reproduced, reproduced. To, to some right. aspect. Right. And
1: like, when you think about it, it's like the first and best. Yes. So he probably took the firstborn. Oh
0: gosh. Yes. You're the probably firstborn right. You're probably right. Whatever.
1: whatever. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, another example that they have was Abraham mm-hmm. was instructed to bring Isaac as a burnt offering to the Lord. And obviously we know how that story ended. We do. <laughs> which brought about the abrahamic covenant um and now we have you know moses who is telling the pharaoh that we have to go make burnt offerings to the lord back in exodus okay you need to let us go so they know what burnt offerings are and they know what they mean so it's really on our end of it is is understanding you know a why are they doing this b what does it mean how does it help atone for the people's Mm -hmm. sin to god yeah um and that's kind of where our story begins yeah very
1: good. Oh, I think too, it's just, I mean, I think some of this stuff is kind of like, you know, but at the same time, I think we need to say it in the event that somebody does not, which is totally fine. Um, the fact that he specifies that it must be a male without blemish. Mm-hmm. um to i think is important to note because if it were blemished in any way shape or form if it were like i don't know had any type of like mutation or anything or whatever mm-hmm. uh it lessened the value and made it less not, of a sacrifice yeah, for that person
0: exactly so i got something from got questions it says the hebrew word for burnt offering actually means to ascend literally to go up, go up and smoke the smoke from the sacrifice ascended to God as soothing aroma to the Lord. Technically, any offering burned over an altar was burnt, was a burnt offering. But in more specific terms, a burnt offering was the complete destruction of the animal, except for the hide, in an effort to renew the relationship between the holy God and the sinful man. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny. It means to like literally ascend, like to go up in smoke mm-hmm. because they burn the whole thing. Yeah. Every part of it. Um. Also, speaking on sacrifice. The way the first chapter is kind of laid out, they go from bull to sheep or goat to birds. Bird. So they go from the most expensive type of sacrifice you can make to the least expensive type of sacrifice you could make, um, because it wanted to be all inclusive of the wide range of you know everything that was available. Yeah, and pretty much economic status. I was of say, of socioeconomic the people. status, yeah, as um, well, so that nobody was really left out of doing this. Uh, for God, but it says in verse two, the Hebrew word, this is from Bible.org. The Hebrew word used for an offering is Corbin, which is referred to by Jesus in Mark, providing us with an interesting and helpful insight to the evil practice by the scribes and Pharisees when they called a possession Corbin to keep from having to provide to their parents in their old age.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Burnt sacrifices is a complete, surrendering of a person's life complete surrendering in the form of an animal to god Mm -hmm. so like you have to give up the financial thing that would be from the animal itself Mm -hmm. you also have to go there and kill it yourself which is i'm sure a very traumatic experience yeah (laughs) so like the fact that this the scribes and pharisees would would say the sacrifice that was given to god was the same reason why they weren't helping their parents in old age just kind of like it hit home for me in that verse and i'm sure we'll get into it when we get into yeah the new testament yeah, but like yeah. what mm-hmm. right <laughs> but anyway um so the act of the burnt offering now that we've kind of do you have anything else about burnt offerings in general
1: um i just have kind of had like like we said you know burnt offerings of all the offerings which we'll discuss you know a grain offering there's a whole Five of them, I think, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the burnt offerings are to are considered to be the most costly, and are used for four different purposes. And this is according to the study portion of my Bible. One is thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't say this word penitence, penitence, Uh, vows, and self dedication. I just thought that was interesting.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So. I found it was this whole article. I think it was off Bible.org. Maybe that might be wrong. I don't remember. Um, But basically going back to what the ancient Israelites knew of burnt offerings Mm -hmm. um, with Noah, with Abraham, they all pointed towards, you know, the reason they gave those burnt offerings was for God's mercy. So, for example, when Noah gave the burnt offering after the flood, it wasn't because God's promise wasn't put forth because of the you know goodness of man that was left on the earth no man was still sinful even mm-hmm. in noah mm-hmm. it was because noah made a burnt offering to the lord for his mercy and he came down and said okay promise given i'm not going to destroy the earth anymore yeah. he showed him his mercy yeah and not in response to the burnt offering but you know because of the burnt offering yeah. basically yeah he was
1: kind of like because noah acknowledged him
0: yes thank you that's what i'm looking for
1: (laughs) because noah acknowledged him and that noah recognized the only reason that he and his family were still there was Mm -hmm. because of god's mercy Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a almost again kind of like a thanksgiving yeah please give us mercy but also thank you for not destroying me and my family thank you for choosing me yes type of thing
0: um same thing with abraham when isaac was taken you know to be offered as a burnt sacrifice mm-hmm. and the angel of the lord came down and said wait don't do that yet and offered a ram in its place in his place that was god sh- sparing isaac in his mercy mm-hmm. yeah. and bringing about the abrahamic covenant so like the people of israel knew burnt offerings were to bring about god's mercy were to thank god for his mercy yeah. because they were able to approach him and not die yes so that's mercy in itself yeah. anyway Uh, Before we get into the specifics again, maybe we should point out that these burnt offerings and the grain offerings were all voluntary. They were personal. Um, You you didn't have to come and do it on certain days. You didn't have, like per the individual Israelite, you know, you could come whenever you wanted to, you could sacrifice what you wanted to. Um, I'm sure it was probably encouraged to sacrifice, you know, the best of what you could offer. So if the best, is a bird then you would offer that yeah but if you could afford to to uh, offer a bull and you went with the bird that probably wasn't
1: Cain and Abel. you
0: know exactly like, yeah
1: you're supposed to offer
0: yeah so there the was first no and best. there was no you know f- specific number or frequency right. for how many times they were supposed to do right. this it was yeah. free will but okay getting into the actual act of the burnt offering so they brought a male without blemish, like Whitney said earlier, um, to the entrance to the tent of meeting. So I remember we had some questions about this. We did. (laughs) And I did some digging. I did some research about the entrance to the tent of meeting. So in general, sometimes the tent of meeting was referred to specifically, this is talking about in scripture, Mm -hmm. specifically to the tabernacle itself, Mm -hmm. like the tent of the tabernacle yeah. where God dwelt, Yeah, in, in the, the tent, tabernacle. In the tabernacle. tent in the tabernacle. Yes. Other instances is the tent of meeting was the whole thing, including yeah. the court. Okay. So the tent itself where God was and then the court outside yeah. of the tent. The yard, That basically. was the tabernacle. Yeah. Okay. So in this instance, what I think, because a lot of what I found wasn't really like definitive, but here's what I think. The burnt altar, the the altar for burnt offerings was right inside the door for the court. Yeah. It wasn't, ne- it was the furthest away from the tent of meeting or the tabernacle itself. Um, and it was kind of like the first thing that somebody would see as they walked into the court. Yeah. Um, what I think happened in terms of this, you know, bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting, I feel like I'm envisioning a line that goes around the outside of the court of people waiting to yeah, make their Yeah, waiting to get, to get in to get in and make your sacrifice. I think they come in and they, they let in one person at a time because the altar of burnt offering is right at the door. They do their sacrifice there. The priests take it and put it on the altar and the person stays kind of in the breezeway. If you will mm-hmm. of the, the t- of or the whatever. court, mm-hmm. um, because to get any closer to God is dangerous. Yeah, exactly, because they need to make atonement for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they mean by the entrance to the tent of meeting. Yeah, and some other places when we go into talking about the priests and they say at the tent of meeting, they're actually meaning inside, inside the, the tabernacle. Yeah, yeah. so. That's my whole spiel. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's also what I found. And
1: then I'm wondering too, like once I mean, not that they could go into the tent, but I'm wondering then once you made your sacrifice because you were then made clean, if you were okay to come in then.
0: Yeah, I think it. I think it all depends on what state you're in, and we'll talk about the clean and unclean states. And you know, when we go into talking about the. Guilt offerings, the sin offerings, and mm-hmm. and the things like that, and like um, making yourself clean, and what you would need to do to make yourself clean in certain situations, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it depends on your status. Of a, are you a commoner? Are you yeah. a leader? Are you a priest? Yeah, um, but I don't think the normal Israelite person could just go in. Could go into the court. Interesting. Itself. Interesting. And just kind of hang around. Did that carry over also
1: to the But in the temple? To
0: the temple? Yeah. I don't think so. But
1: even to like Solomon even not not necessarily the temple. Actually when, I do. Because I remember, you know, the whole Jesus being angry thing. But even prior to that, does that also include as well Solomon's temple?
0: Did God ever dwell in Solomon's temple? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know though. I don't know. I don't know. My, I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I was just curious. I don't know. Um. But yeah, no. I just, I don't think that it was a place where people just kind of hung Which out. Which makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. I think maybe on special occasions, people were probably invited, and depending on your status within the community, yeah, you could probably too. go. But like, even still, you couldn't get. No, you're not a priest. Yeah. So. And I, I feel like the Levites could go into the court, like because Aaron was a Levite, not necessarily just his descendants, because just his descendants are the ones that became the priests. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Levites in themselves could also go into the courts. I feel like the Levites were
1: the Maybe leaders they went further Israel. than. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, not necessarily the whole way, Kind but, of like the head guys yeah. of Israel that represented the rest of the population. Yeah. But I don't think like the commoner could unquote, just unquote, go in and make her, her sacrifice yeah okay like they could step into the door we'll they, do what they have they to would, do i was gonna say
1: because they would ha- you would have to have a station there you would think of some sort not like a station is in like a table and everything but like because there were some sacrifices where the person had to actually do the killing themselves
0: and the burnt offerings
1: that's what so, it was yeah, yeah. so i so mean so they would have to at least step inside
0: the door they do and that's what i say they they get into like the breezeway of the of the court. Like they come in just past the curtain to the court. They do their killing and they sacrifice their animal. Mm-hmm. And then the priests are the ones that cut it up. No, the people cut it up. They cut it up. The priests take it to the burnt and actually offering. actually lay it, on, and the lay altar, it on, the altar, on the altar on behalf of. On behalf of that. Okay. Them.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Um, so I don't think. And those, I don't think the commoner could go yeah, much that makes further a than sense. a couple of steps. That makes a lot of sense. Into the, the courts. Makes a lot of sense. Which I probably, I'd be terrified. I don't think I would want to. I'd be terrified. I'd be
1: too ashamed, I think. Yes,
0: that too. So anyway, um, that's the whole entrance to the tent of meeting thing. So the next verse, verse four, it says, he shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. So a person shows up at the of the tabernacle he comes in it's his turn to make his burnt offering he first has to identify himself with the animal mm-hmm. and say what are you asking me yeah what do you mean say what not necessarily it's not like a script but you basically have to transfer your yeah yeah you, yeah, you, you have, have to, to confess your
1: sin and everything not to this this animal but onto this, yeah, this it's creature basically, you have to acknowledge yeah your, your state your uncleanness yeah your yeah your state of sin yeah and trespass and where you're at mm-hmm. and you have to transfer it on to
0: because then again you know like we just talked about the burnt offering is is thanking god for his mercy so you are approaching god in an unclean sinful state and the burnt offering is basically saying hey thanks for not killing me the moment i stepped instead. into this yeah. threshold yeah so or
1: even even outside of it mm-hmm. because yeah. you weren't if you're sinning, you're not living according to God's law. So. Yeah.
0: And so the whole, the whole animal itself was burned in the burnt offering. So that's another reason why the whole animal was killed was because you were putting your transgressions and your sins and your everything that makes you unholy into this animal for atoning for your sins to cover up what you're, Showing God, basically, your uncleanness, your sin, your yeah. selfishness. Yeah. And
1: I think, too, the whole thing, like you showing up and you putting your hand on this animal's head is you're also, too, because you're doing this, you're looking this... Mm-hmm.
0: In and an it's yours. It has in the to be eyes,
1: yours. It has to be yours. You have raised it to some extent. Maybe you didn't form an emotional bond like we do now. <laughs> but I mean, and and I think what really drove home or like what point God really drove home for me in doing the research for this is it's called a sacrifice for a reason. <laughs> because it is to be just that. You are giving something up in place of giving yourself up. Yes, basically. because it should be you. And it's not something supposed to be something that's easy or something that's taken lightly like it's a serious act mm-hmm. and so you are you know getting close to this animal and then you basically have to slit its throat yeah you know yeah like and it's supposed to be hard mhm not supp- i have written down a sacrifice is meant to be just that not a thing of convenience
0: yes yes so putting your hands on the head of the animal is basically kind of like okay I saw this forever ago and it wasn't talking about burnt offerings, but it was talking about Jesus and his ministry when he would go around healing people Mm -hmm. and basically Jesus touching these people took away their suffering, took away their whatever was like ailing Mm -hmm. them, you know, like if it was death in the form of, um, Lazarus, or if it was blindness, if it was muteness, if it was uncontrollable bleeding, Mm -hmm. like he touched these people or they touched his garments and it was taken away from them in their faith. But see, what I feel like is Jesus kind of took in in all of his pureness, took in their sin, took in their transgression, took in whatever was ailing them into himself, and it Mm -hmm. just dissolved because he's so... Because pure, was, yeah, mm-hmm. and so kind of the same situation. When you touch this animal, it's kind of like that. Tra- it's it's transferring. You're transferring it word? into pro, something pro, pro, pure.
1: Propiti propitiation is that the word? Pro, I don't know. Pro, propitiation, pro. I don't know how you say it. I it's. Propit-
0: I know what you're talking
1: about. Hold on. Look. I mean that's what it was. Yes, in this case, but rather than it being Jesus, like we have now, in the Old Testament, it was it was these animals yeah or something like that yeah oh my
0: gosh i don't know say that five times fast Pr- prepetiation,
1: prepetiation, prepetiation. yes act anyway. of
0: appeasing or making well no maybe um yes so like that's what i think of when like we talk about the sin offerings and the burnt offerings mm-hmm. and things it's kind of like that tr- transfer yeah. of your uncleanness into something that is clean yeah um it's kind of like putting your hand on a clean white sheet like when it's dirty yeah putting throwing that against the wall or something like that
1: or like when you get something on you and you wipe it off
0: yeah yeah or like when you clean your car you start out with clean water and you end up with dirty water yeah exactly like that mm-hmm. so anyway um do they put the hands on the animal That transfers the sin, basically. Um, And then it says in verse five, then he shall kill the bull before the Lord and Aaron's sons and the priest shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So it was the offerer's responsibility to kill the animal. Yes. To make the
1: sacrifice. Again, sacrifice. It's a
0: sacrifice. It is. Um. I have this thing from crossway i'm just gonna read it it's like a paragraph talking about burnt offerings and this and the sacrifice of the animal Mm -hmm. it says imagine the sensory overload of this experience oh yeah the violent resistance of the animal the spurting of blood the feel of pulling the animal apart the smell of its burning flesh and bones imagine the emotional and spiritual impact of offering the sacrifice knowing that it was your sin that made this death necessary Mm -hmm. and imagine the frustration in knowing that you'll be back tomorrow or next week because you will sin. Again,
1: yeah, yeah. I read that too, and that's, I guess, what kind of like the whole when you're putting your hand on the bull's head or your hand on, you know, the head of the creature or whatever, you're building that bond. Like this is your fault. Mm -hmm. Like thinking about that, like every time I read that a couple times last night, it just even now, like it makes my chat, it makes me sad. Yeah, because it's like it's we suck basically. We suck, and like that's just an animal. Like we did what happened to Jesus. Like that was our fault we did that Mm -hmm. like a thousand percent to a whole ass man
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean yeah perfect to a whole man yeah the perfect son of god like the person who who did not deserve it in the least no not at all not at all yeah and it goes back
1: to too, like the the very first sacrifice when god took the life of the animals to make clothes clothes to cover Mm -hmm. adam and eve yeah like it was their their fault it was our fault as humans
0: i just like that like the yeah. sensory overload like seriously i can't, I can't imagine oh uh, no it makes me so sad I can't and if you had to wait in a line if you had to wait in a line with your knowing, sacrifice i would be
1: so anxious like i'd be in uh, tears yeah i can't no it's like it's just like one of those things that you
0: like don't, praise god we don't have to do this yes, today.
1: amen because thinking about it is making me so sad it's very
0: sad you know it is because it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice in in those times specifically because, A, that's meat that you could have eaten. Yeah. That's things that yeah. could have been used practically for your survival. And mm-hmm. you're sitting here having to literally completely destroy it yeah. by your own hand mm-hmm. because of yourself. Because of
1: choices that you made. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway,
0: I like that. So the second half of it, other than just the pure murder of the animal. Yeah by your own hand is that the priest shall take the blood and throw it against the sides of the altar that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting so the throwing of the blood on the altars is atonement basically yeah that's that's the whole premise i have a whole thing on it yes good okay
1: and this is from reason for hope um it says you know so why did they splash the blood all over the altar um The sight of blood sickens people and the scene at the altar was a bloodbath, not meant to be pretty. The reason for the blood was sin and the sacrificial acts were meant to create a horrifying scene caused by sin to deter people from sinning. The blood was distributed, splashed or thrown to cover the altar to show the complete forgiveness of sin. The altar was a holy space and the blood of the sacrifice completely covered it. The forgiveness was covered on all sides. So yes. again, just like the amount of like symbolism, but also to the, not symbolism, but I guess like the practicality, like if I had to do that, no, I would not want to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. So atonement or translated literally just means to cover in Hebrew. It's actually um, called Kipper, which is why they call it Yom Kipper for the mm-hmm. day of atonement. Oh, interesting. Um I like what you said, you know, yes, they covered the entire altar to show that it was a complete forgiveness of sin yeah. because blood is very much so pointed to in Leviticus as the life of the animal. Mm-hmm. So the life of the animal, which was a pure animal who did nothing wrong, who was killed in pure blood, mm-hmm. um, was given to cover your sinful life. So basically, you know. If we're looking at it you know, hypothetically, I guess, or kind of like a symbolism way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the altar was your body. Yeah. And you were being covered in the blood of a yeah. innocent person. Remember back in Exodus
1: when we talked about Moses throwing the blood on the people? Yeah. Uh, Same something situation. Something similar. Yeah. Just the altar now. Yeah. Rather than the consecration of the people.
0: That's why most Christians say they're bathed in the blood. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Christ. Washed, yeah. Washed in the blood washed of Christ. In the blood. But I also like the fact that, you know, I thought about this. It's not referenced in scripture at all, but they had to have cleaned this burnt. The
1: ministering women? No, not the ministering women.
0: No. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they had to have cleaned the burnt offering table, the burnt offering altar, whatever, after probably a day's worth of doing things. So yeah. it it's continued continue to smell. There wasn't like a, thick overlay of just dried blood all over the place so i like that they covered this altar but yet they cleaned it later it's kind of like you're covered and washed clean in christ yeah Mm -hmm. makes sense squeaky clean a little uh yeah wax on wax off (laughs) sin
1: on sin off (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) oh killing of animals anyway so um all over the place i think
0: yeah okay. okay
1: i have nothing else to say about that
0: <laughs> so they shall fillet the burnt offering and cut it into pieces and the sons of aaron's the priest shall put it on the fire and altar and arrange the wood in the fire aaron and his sons the priest shall arrange the pieces of the head the fat the wood that's on the fire put its entrails and legs he shall wash with water they wash the entrails and they wash the legs with water because they don't want to be burning poop it makes sense to god like the entrails are talking about the colon like the yeah the intestines and i think it's important to note too
1: because this will not be the first time that we keep hearing fat being referenced that it's considered to be like the absolute delicacy Mm -hmm. of the animal so
0: that's why no one is allowed to eat the fat yeah like in certain situations and in, in these rituals like no one's allowed to eat the fat there's i think there's an offering that's literally just fat to there the there is Lord.
1: there is i can't remember which one it is but there definitely <laughs> there is, is
0: one. it's because, literally just the fat
1: and i think one the largest lobe of the liver yes <laughs> or it's like, like that. it's
0: delicate and yeah. it's, it's supposed to be like the sweetest part of the meat it's what mm-hmm. gives it the flavor yeah so i got lots of flavor <laughs> stop <laughs> but anyways i anyways. just thought that that was important to know yes so that's the burnt offering, basically. Yeah. So they go through the, the rest of them. Like we said, they start with the most expensive type of offering you could offer, which was a bull. Then they go on to sheep and goats. And then they go on to the bird. The sheep and the goat is basically the same. Mm-hmm. It, the, I don't think there's any difference between that and the bull. They all had to be males. They all had to be without blemish. Right? Yes, of course. Yes, the sheep and the bull are exactly this or the sheep and the goats are exactly the same. They had to be male without blemish. And then the birds, um, you could bring turtle doves or pigeons. Yes. And I'm just going to read. I'm going to read. It's 14. graphic. It's so Trigger graphic. warning. I'm going to read 14 through 17, which is the end of chapter one. It says, if his offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or pigeons and the priest shall bring it to the altar and ring off its head and burn it on the altar. It's blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He shall remove its crop with its contents and cast it beside the altar on the east side and in place... In the place for ashes, he shall tear it open by its wings, but shall not sever it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So, remove its crop is talking about the feathers. Mm-hmm. So it has to be oh, completely okay. bald. Okay, and it and its contents is like the entrails and things like that. Yeah. Kind of like we we wash the entrails mm-hmm. for the for the animals. Here, we, can't we don't do, do anything that. with them, and then we don't cover really the whole altar with blood because it's a burden like they don't there's have just that
1: not much. enough room they just yeah. drain it off, off the, the side,
0: side. it's um, still going on there it's and just, i just want to note that it's not the person that brings this offering that kills it it's the they priest. still have yeah they still have to touch it and like yeah do all i of that think stuff. i read just because
1: it's so small so that nothing would go to waste yeah
0: so that nothing was like a risk left behind of, yeah
1: to risk because that
0: a burnt offering is the whole, whole thing
1: yeah so yeah in one of these is it on one of these that talks about or is that in chapter two that talks about the north side of the altar i think it's in chapter three. Oh, okay so yeah why did that happen anyways yeah so burnt offerings I want to talk about this pleasing aroma to the Lord. Please do, because because I'm
0: confused. This
1: was a rabbit hole that I fell down into because, like, I read this, like, multiple times. And I'm like, I just keep thinking, like, barbecue. Like, what? Like, so I was like, okay, so what's the deal with, like, why is it important that we have a a pleasing aroma to the Lord? And so this is what I found. I found my notes are a mess, number one. Okay. Here we go. This is from lifeinmessiah.org. It says, "How do you find these places?" <laughs> I make sure that they're .org, like they're legitimate organizations and like that way I don't uh you know, just use some random
0: I've been really wanting to look into like Jewish sites because this is their, i mean this is yeah this is, is their torah so yeah. like they wouldn't have exactly a lot of the stuff a
1: lot of these sites are jewish or based yeah because but see like
0: the last time i did that it was talking about the cave of Machpelah. remember oh yeah and about was, how they, they could I mean, smell the garden to
1: look at it and you know use your best judgment ask the spirit about to guide that. you
0: i was thinking about that the other day yeah. about how the Garden of that No, the the Cave of Makpala mm-hmm. and how the garden was like underground, and they could smell it. Yeah, it would make sense because it was a real place on Earth mm-hmm. after the flood that it was buried. Yeah, so it could have been it's very, protected, it's very... and it's like this other like hole in the ground. You know, have you ever seen Aquaman? Yeah, when of they course. go into that like spinning vortex things, and they pop out into like the dinosaur era. Yeah, that's kind of how I picture it. That's interesting. Not like that, though. (laughs) That's interesting. Very interesting. I think it still exists.
1: That's interesting.
0: Perhaps. A piece of it, at least. So,
1: according to lifeinmessiah.org, it says, According to Leviticus, God is especially fond of the smell of burning sacrifices. In some cases, these sacrifices would smell just like meat being grilled over coals on a summer's evening. In Leviticus 2, however, well, we didn't get there yet. But I mean we're about to. It's okay, go ahead. We're about to. So, in Leviticus 2, however, spoiler alert, we're told that the burning of various grain offerings constitutes a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Um and then this person says, "I rather like the Kim- King James version's classic rendering, a sweet savor unto the Lord." Of course, what pleases God is not simply the smell of burning grain combined with pungent herbs or spices. Rather, the Lord is honored by the faithfulness of the one who presents the offering. So number one, I mean, I think we've talked about how nostalgic smells can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me just throw out a few words here. Bowling alley, skating rink, movie theater, like,
0: oh, wait, 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 90s Target. (laughs) <laughs> oh God! Before they were filled so, with Starbucks, re- they had popcorn, yeah. hot dogs, <laughs> <And> hot dogs. <laughs> uh,
1: um. <laughs> starbucks like whenever i smell starbucks it always makes me think of christmas eve shopping with my dad because when i was growing up okay, that was like on. the only time we were christmas? ever allowed to go can we
0: just talk about christmas yeah. and the, the smell, smell of
1: christmas pine cinnamon fall wow <laughs> pumpkin spice
0: <laughs> okay we've gotten down a hole but so we
1: did but like it's it's also too like a reminder the of beach. like okay sorry. yes the ocean uh anyway that's me smelling the ocean anyway (laughs) um it kind of offers like as you know to remind god like of our faithfulness and the fact that the people are coming to him because they want to be closer to him and they want to fix their relationship and they're standing with him yeah so that's one number two um
0: this is i also think yeah that makes a lot of sense i also think that maybe kind of like when we talked about moses seeing the glory of god and they were just like you know he shielded him with his hand and he saw his back mm-hmm. and we know that those things don't really exist because god's not in a human form correct so i feel like also with this maybe it's just our flesh yeah, saying it's also yeah yeah what we think is a pleasing aroma to the yes. lord because we're burning stuff and it's smoke is ascending and all this stuff so yeah it's like the best thing that we could yeah it just pleases him
1: yeah to know. Like it smells to, i mean, I'm sure he could smell it too. But I'm sure, but like I don't it's it's more so like is it it's more it's not for I'm sure the smell is pleasing to him, but I think like you're saying it's more of like happy. a physical flesh thing yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah Rather than
0: rather than a smell it being for, for him. Yeah.
1: It's mostly for us. Him catering to our humanity yet again. Put that on a mug. Who would buy it? Um <laughs> also words are hard. <laughs> Um, so, um, so this is from, I'm going to read this too, because I think this kind of also talks about, um, like the oils and things. This is from theologyofwork.org. Mm -hmm. on 16 different occasions in the book of leviticus an aroma is mentioned as something pleasing to the lord specifically the aroma of sacrifice is important to god the very first mention of god smelling the aroma of a burnt offering is found in genesis noah offered a burnt offering of clean animals and the birds after leaving the ark which we talked about earlier we are told it was a pleasing aroma to god the idea that noah's sacrifice was a here comes that word was a pro. Propitiation ugh, it's fine. or satisfaction of God's righteous requirement. God was pleased with the sacrifice and then gave the promise to never again destroy um living creatures with the flood. So just kind of again.
0: He's just happy. He's happy that we're worshiping him through sacrifice. Yes. And thanking him for his mercy that he did not have to give us. Yes. And I think the pleasing aroma is just us. That's just what we need to say. Okay, well, God is pleased with this smell because we're burning stuff. Yes. <laughs> when in actuality, He's pleased with all all sorts of worship to Him as right as He rightfully deserves. You know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Are you making that face? Because I don't know why I put this in here. She's trying to decipher her like notes. The third thing, I've, I'm, it's literally the same thing that I just read, but again in different words basically i also read that you know we were talking about back in exodus the whole like oil and incense for the altar of incense Uh and to be a, a perfumer is that the correct terminology to be the person who like creates perfumes and like incense and things because it was considered to be like a rare or like really highly specialized thing smell was like a big deal and so yeah. if you were able to produce good smells like hey it was like really secretive mm-hmm. and very um oh, what do i want to say they kept the recipes and things very secretive
0: Gatekeeping.
1: But, yes yeah Gatekeeping, and also too like if you were able to do that and you were able to produce something that produced a cheesecake recipe yeah Mm,
0: yes no one's allowed to have it no deathbed i'll give it away on my deathbed. what about your children no no i'm just kidding (laughs) oh my cheesecake's the best by the way it is it is the best um i'm about to make one here in a couple of weeks hopefully we hope we hope um,
1: but it was basically a. It was a. It's the right word. Lucrative. Does that make sense? A lucrative thing. If if you were a perfumer, or if you were able to yeah, you right know here. create yeah. pleasing it arosmas. 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 Uh, aromas. It was a big deal. Aromas. 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 Aromas.
0: It was a big deal. Yeah. and So for for a pleasing aroma to be pleasing to God, I'm yeah, sure it was a it was a big a, deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. It, again, it was just God basically catering to our
0: community. Yay. Anyway. that's that's all i have to say about that moving on to grain offerings um are we yes we are this one's going to be kind of short i feel because it's pretty straightforward i think so as well um so a grain offering was kind of coupled with the burnt offering so you have a burnt offering you do a grain offering um i do want to point out that The grain offerings, what they would want. I'm going to read this verbatim from chapter two, verse one. When anyone brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour. Mm -hmm. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. And he shall take from it a handful of fine flour and oil with all of its frankincense. And the priest shall burn this as a memorial portion on the altar of... A food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. So it had to be a fine flour, Mm -hmm. oil, and frankincense, right? Just this first part here, because we have other things that we're going to talk about. But I want to make something clear. Grain... Yes. And flour was not something that was readily available to the Israelite people. Because right. let's remember where it they are. It was definitely not common. And it was, you know, it was something scarce. So if somebody had it and they could grow it, it was, you know, very, very expensive. Not to mention the oil that you needed as well as the frankincense. Frankincense in itself was very, very rare. Very expensive. And very expensive. Um, and we know this because they needed manna. God provided manna for the entire time they were in the wilderness and 40 years after they went into the Mm -hmm. promised land. So that's that bread from heaven we talked about way back in Exodus. But the reason they needed that was because they did not have grain for normal bread. They couldn't make it. So they needed the manna to come down so that they could make certain cakes and breads and things with the manna that was provided by God, right? So grain, I'm wondering, is it A? only what they grew and what they had readily available for them as in fine flour or is this also considering manna to be grain i think i'm sure both but i really honestly have no idea i didn't even think about that i
1: didn't even think about that because like if god provides the manna does that really count because it is it really a sacrifice
0: it's not technically a sacrifice because you know well not a sacrifice but is it really
1: like you know because you're giving it as an offering yeah i don't know is it really i don't know i, I guess w- well, I'm what leading- if man is the only thing you could have what if you couldn't afford fine flour
0: and i guess you just wouldn't make a grain offering i guess because it it's is it's voluntary I think it's, I think it's debatable i think it's debatable i'm leaning more towards like grown yeah like grain, actual flour, not anything not mana yes. basically yeah. yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah. but then, anyway.
1: am i jumping the gun by saying also salt yes okay we'll get there i can't remember <laughs>
0: So the grain offering, according to um, Enduring Word, says it's suggestive of our service to God. This meal offering was the work of men's hands, the fruit of the ground, the result of cultivation, manufacture and preparation. And it was a symbol of service offered. Um we have three reasons for the grain offering: grains and things that grow of great necessity and are benefit to man, and is appropriate to honor God with such things. The best and the first of your labor, um, even the poorest could offer a grain offering. Which I don't know about that. And God wanted to open the door to the poor to bring him offerings. Yeah, especially if we just talked about how, how expensive and... everything was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, it says this brought necessary and helpful grain and other produce to the priests who their main job was to man the tabernacle so they weren't out in the field growing stuff that's right so they needed food too they
1: were yeah and think about it too like because i have written i forget at what point i wrote it down in my notes but but the priests are are basically representatives of god so them eating partaking in these things it's like let me find it because
0: it's in my book I feel like the priests are
1: God's representatives. That's what I said. Yeah. The representatives of God. Yes. And so them eating it is considered to be holy. Yeah. Part of the whole ritual mm-hmm. offering thing because they are also themselves double set apart, if that makes
0: They're sense. They're held to a higher standard yeah. for sure. But this is also God's way of providing for them. Yeah. Well, it's two in one, I think. And their service. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. Um, they could be brought uncooked or cooked in the forms of, you know, could be baked on a griddle, baked in the oven, or cooked on a pan. I have a question.
1: What? Was the frankincense on the part that they ate or just in the part that they burned? I think both. Would you want to eat
0: frankincense? Frankincense. I, I think it's an herb. Is it?
1: Mm-hmm. I know it's also, like, smells really good.
0: I feel like it's an herb, kind of like oregano. You know how you can put, like, oregano and basil in yeah, bread? I don't like oregano sorry go ahead i'm listening i'm looking up front (laughs) um so let me read on to another part okay no grain offering this is verse 11 no grain offering that you bring to the lord shall be made with leaven for you shall bring shall burn no leaven or honey as food offering to the lord as an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to the Lord, but they shall not be offered on the altar for the pleasing aroma. You shall season all of your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all of your offerings, you shall offer salt. So yes, so we had fine flour, oil, frankincense, and now salt. Yeah, it's not it's not mentioned till later.
1: Why? I don't know. Me either. I was just wondering if you. New.
0: i did not know oh. but keep
1: in mind too i thought it was really interesting one of the first things when i heard the word salt was remember what jesus says in the new covenant mm-hmm. you are the salt of the earth
0: yes because salt is pure mm-hmm. as it's, it's always pure it stays a pure chemical compound it's enduring it preserves mm-hmm. things and it's valuable it's very expensive and things especially. are just better with it eat too much of it your blood pressure will go through the roof <laughs> <laughs> this is true um so God question says about grain offerings it says the purpose of a grain offering was to worship God and acknowledge his provision the grain offering however could be somewhat personalized in its presentation it was to be given out of a person's free will just as our worship is free will offering to God so grain offerings is is more so you know thanking God it's a sacrificial sacrificial quote unquote sacrificial in that you had to give up something that was very expensive mm-hmm. as in grain um and it should be kind of like the way we give now in acts of worship yes um something really interesting
1: from got questions on that i went the last paragraph on something and i wanted to read it
0: really the grain offering should show that our reliance on god to fulfill our needs physically and spiritually you know yeah so
1: here's this it's it's so this is just something really interesting to think about from got questions is but the grain offering is similar to off to our offering of worship it's interesting to to consider how much does our worship cost us today
0: i sent that to you did you yes oh i, I look- sent that to you via text oh i sure did hold on i'm gonna read it i'm pulling up I'm my sure text you messages did. right I just now don't remember that it's fine you know, when I read it this afternoon, I was like, "Why does it sound so familiar?" Wow! I sent it to you last night because I said I would I felt liked a push it, didn't I? To send it to you, I, I said, liked it, didn't Giving I? Giving a grain offering in those circumstances represented the Israelites' complete <laughs> dependence on God to provide them like, for why their why needs. Why does so familiar when I read it? I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." Do you see how loud you're being. <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the law and we no longer have to do sacrifices as it did in the Old Testament. But if the grain offering is similar to our offering of worship, it is interesting to consider how much does our worship today cost us? Why I'm saying the grain offering should show our reliance on God to fulfill our needs physically and spiritually. It's talking about giving sacrificially in that you give out of your nothing, you give out of your abundance, you give out of everything that you have because God will provide for you. I struggle with this a lot yeah because i want to have my safety net do i need my safety net no because god will provide for right me. it's hard though it's very hard it's so hard but like you think about the woman who gave her two last, pints yeah or whatever her last, was, whatever she
1: had but, like why right to the like, people what, who
0: had no home that and, provided for people like yeah it, it, and again like that
1: quote not quote but like that verse. i don't know what the exact verse is but i say it to myself over and over I, all the time and you hear me say it over and over all the yes. time like if god provides for the the spares of the field the, the whatever the flowers of the field why wouldn't he take care of us as his most precious creature so like why because we suck we do <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> kidding we do but he, how <laughs> he many, provides for us anyway how many times does he have to prove his faithfulness to us whitney i'm yeah. talking to myself specifically because i am not good at this either yeah
0: james just read a book called um by tim tebow i don't remember what it's called right now. oh my
1: goodness what is it called you just told me about a, it it has a blue
0: cover anyway um that's not by tim tebow that book i'm talking about the one that you are listening to audible on audible that's
1: no, I know when you're talking about though because you. I remember you telling me he was reading it.
0: Anyway, he he just read a book by Tim Tebow, which talked about giving sacrificially. It talked about this this couple who had like um an organization in like a third world country, and they like sold their house, sold their car. It it had to do with um kids with Down syndrome. I think okay. they sold everything that they had. I feel like they were basically living out of the building they were renting for this organization mm-hmm. like they had nothing and it was literally like the things that they were they were like on the brink of going bankrupt a couple of times Ugh. about the whole thing like going out of business and like it's a non-profit but the reason why they sold all their stuff was to keep the program running so they had nothing yeah but it, the, the program kept running out of the fundraising for like other people that came and like fundraised for yeah. them and it's still a thing today and like that that family's doing like a lot better obviously but like you know yeah it's just kind of like i could never i can't see myself doing that. i wish that i, I wish i had, could do that yeah but I, I
1: struggle i will tell you i'm weak like when it comes to this i struggle it's so bad with sacrificial it's giving so bad right like kind of like when we were talking about you know how many of our episodes ago about Abraham and Isaac and like, Mm -hmm. could you do that? Yeah. Like, you know, like it's hard. It's so hard. And yet, even though we don't do it, God still endlessly provides for us. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Cause I, I I also like to sit here and think that I don't cling to those types of things. Like I don't cling to my security. I don't cling to my money, but yet here I, right. Exactly. Right. Like think about it. Just try to go
1: one day without Something. Something that would be, yet again, a sacrifice, not not something of convenience. Like, mm-hmm. how hard, mm-hmm. you know? Because what if that bowl is, like, one of two bowls that you have left to feed your family?
0: But then, too, at the same time, like, I, I don't know if it's... My flesh that gets in the way, or the enemy that's in my head. I'm like, okay, well, what if I do give all of my money to the church? I think what if it's what would they do with it? Wh- what if I do give all of my money to I a think homeless person? It's probably person? A, a combination
1: of both because think what if about they're it out for <laughs> evil, you know? Right. I think it's a combination of both because would Jesus question it? You know, like it's like one of those things
0: I forget, no,
1: right. <laughs> right
0: you could see through people
1: um you know it was back this fall whenever we were going to that um women's group with the church that one lady was she was talking and and you know the thoughts that she was having she was like jesus would never say that jesus would never question well what are they really doing with the money
0: okay verse 14 you are (laughs) Went down a huge rabbit hole just now. Ugh. Anyway, the grain offering is a reflection of giving sacrificious... <laughs> okay, giving sacrificially, which, you know, clearly we've established we both struggle with. Yes. I feel like everybody today struggles yeah. with it. If you don't, what's the secret? It's because you're relying on yourself for your own security is really what it is. It's making yourself think that we are in control. And you're clinging to secular things. hmm Idols, if you will. Why do I have cameras all around my house? Money. Yeah. Exactly. Material objects. <sighs> anyway, I have work to do. Um what?
1: Spiritually. Oh, same. You and me both. Yes. Don't we all? So
0: 14 says if you offer a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer for the grain offering of your first fruits, fresh ears roasted with fire, crushed new grain. And you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering and the priest shall burn it as a memorial portion, some of its crushed grain and some of the oil with all of its frankincense. It is a food offering to the Lord. So the first fruits, we talked about this a lot in Genesis with the first fruits of your labor. Um, basically, it's like the first of your harvest every year on end. Yes. I saw a video of this guy who grew a lemon tree. Okay, And he didn't harvest from his lemon tree, like the fruit of his lemon tree for three years or four years or something like that. And then he harvested the first fruits and he wrote first fruits on it and put it in the offering plate at church. And then only the first fruits that he offered to the church from that tree, they grow like human sides. I think lemons. I've seen that. Yeah. And he was like, this is just evidence that scripture is true. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so crazy. But that's what that It's is first fruits of your labor you're Mm -hmm. giving to the church. It's also another way that God is providing for the priests who live there. Yeah. Again, Cain and Abel,
1: Yes, the first and the best. And I also think I forgot to mention, too, a little while back in verses 11 through 13 that you weren't... I don't know. I couldn't find anything about honey, but you weren't allowed to use leaven because leaven was taking the flour and the salt and everything from its natural state. You were adding... You were adding bacteria yeah, to it you were adding something yeast, different into basically the yeah, to to leaven it grow. leaven was basically the equivalent to sin
0: and we yes we talked about that back at exodus when they said yeah you, know, you should eat did. the bread without leaven and we have the feast of unleavened bread and that's basically it it's yeah. just sin is spreads like wildfire spreads like a mm-hmm. bacteria through a sourdough feed starter <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not supposed to yeah to eat it correct and so why would you eat it and why would you give it an offering to the lord when you know for hey, anyway it's supposed to be pure and yeah precisely so that was great offerings yes. i like i said i feel like it went a little faster than burnt offerings yeah but did. they go hand in hand that verse is our favorite verse 2 13 2 13 our go. favorite is it time i think it's time right so his time we decided our favorite verse is can you tell that she's completely over this episode right now
1: Uh, no i'm fine i was also just skimming through my notes to make sure i didn't miss anything because they were like there i have screenshots i have different colors i I have highlights i have typed stuff i have a lot of things i can't tell what i meant to put in apparently i mixed my notes of burnt offerings and sin offerings (laughs) So I was just trying to make sure I didn't miss any points. Get your life together, Whitney. So anyway, our favorite verse was chapter two, verse thirteen, which is "You shall season all your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering.
0: With all your offerings, you shall offer salt." Yes, we talked about that when we went over it before our little spat. (laughs) (laughs) excuse Uh, me for trying to provide some
1: context basically
0: how salt's pure salt is enduring it what did you do oh salt's pure it's enduring it makes it preserves things and it's valuable so did they throw salt on jesus
1: no i don't think so but who knows they probably threw lots of things at him
0: i think it was pretty customary when you were like flogged basically in roman times for oh, yeah, salt salt on on your you yeah so it would
1: burn mm-hmm. jokes on you
0: i mean you he wasn't offering
1: of you, yeah, this is anyway
0: true. anyway but yes that was our favorite verse so on the next episode we will be going through chapters four through six no four through five <laughs> <No>. three <laughs> on the next episode we're gonna be going through chapters three through five. And that will be up next Monday at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. Stop laughing at me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's word and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.